What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This is your December 30th episode on Friday. It's brought to you by FanDuel. Reminder, two days away from the launch of Ohio Gambling, you can take advantage of that OBR promo code. Get in on FanDuel, $100 bonus. You might be able to even place your first bet during the Ohio State game if it runs over past midnight into the 1-1 phase. I know it'll be live, so take advantage of this while you have time. It is dwindling quickly. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to spend time with Al Galdi talking about the Washington Commanders. Obviously, there is um, a disconnect between these two franchises. We very rarely see them. You know, the last time I think of playing the Commanders, Redskins, or whatever they were at the time, my mind goes all the way back to the Duke Johnson fumble that was not a fumble that he recovered uh, and held up in the air despite being ta- uh, you know called the other direction. They most recently met just a few years ago um, when when the, the the at the time Washington football team came to Cleveland and the Browns were able to get a, an early season win. But nonetheless, um, an interesting game. The Browns are clearly all in on this game, which is not the norm. If you look around the league, the Raiders, Titans, some of these others who are um, you know showing some some clear signs of tanking. I'm looking at you, Colts. Uh, and not worrying about winning games. The Browns seem all in on it. All the big players are going to play in this game. I think it's an interesting time to look at what the Commanders are doing as they're fighting for their playoff lives in the in the coming weeks here, and they need to win this football game. So it's interesting. They're at a crossroads as a franchise between ownership and all uh, the above at the quarterback position as Carson Wentz is going to start, and Al gives great perspective here. So uh, no better guest. He does a, his own Blue Wire podcast Phenomenal stuff. So let's get over and spend some time talk about the Commanders with Al Galdi. Al, welcome into the show, man. Thanks for joining us. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, we always start out these uh, previews, these behind enemy line segments with just really a state of the franchise, right? What's going on? Where you're at? I know seven and seven, uh, seven seven and one, cusp of the playoffs. Talk to us about how the franchise is looking, what the season has looked like, and finish with what it takes to still get in the playoffs at seven seven and one. Yeah, well, with our team, there's the football and there's the non-football. So it kind of depends (laughs) on what you're talking about. Um, You know, the biggest thing with the team this season, this year, uh, is the ownership predicament and the fact that uh, Dan and Tanya Snyder are at least open to selling the team, if not outright selling the team. And so, you know, that beyond anything that happens from a football standpoint is what I think most Commanders fans are most excited about because the Snyder ownership era has been an abject failure in so many ways. But in terms of the football, so, you know, Rod Rivera, third season as Washington head coach, this past offseason made it clear that this season needed to be a step forward season. It was interesting. It was kind of a self-imposed mandate uh, that Ron put 
on himself. Commanders got off to a bad start, one and four, uh, but then went on a nice run, won six to seven games, but since then have kind of stalled here a little bit. Had a winless December, went 0-2-1 uh, in that month of December, and so the team is at 7-7-1, and is in possession of the NFC's number seven seed, and thus the uh, third wild card spot in the conference. If the Commanders win out, they make the playoffs, so they do control their own destiny. Uh, but the team has not been at its best lately for a variety of reasons. And so we have this unique scenario here now where the team is, as things stand right now in the postseason, but is making a quarterback change. And uh, the commanders on Wednesday morning announced uh, what had been anticipated, that Carson Wentz is replacing a benched Taylor Heineke at quarterback. So it's kind of a weird season. I mean, the team has some really good things about it. But the most important thing, quarterback, is still up in the air, as has been the case for this franchise for decades. I know that uh, the Browns know a lot about that. And so you're kind of in a weird place with the team. You have the ownership uncertainty. You have the team being good but not great. But you have the team on the cusp of making the playoffs while also in the midst of a quarterback change. So there's a lot of, like, push-pull if you're a Commanders fan right now. Yeah, it's very. It's a very weird spot. Uh, certainly one that's enviable from our side because we love to still be talking about playoffs. Talk, talk to me about Wentz though. So he he starts the year, gets hurt, loses the the role to Heineke. Is this an earned opportunity, or is this a Heineke's just not playing well of late? We need to switch it up. Like I'm just curious why they would go back to Wentz in this manner. Yeah, so the latter really is the case. You know, Taylor, it's a weird deal with him because he has been clutch. He is so likable for so many different reasons. But the overall output offensively still has not been good with him at quarterback. And there's been a good bit of good luck on Taylor's side. I mean, if you go by the pro football focus data, Taylor has had a ton of interceptable passes that, for whatever reason, have not been intercepted. And so the team is in need of a jolt at quarterback. There's also this with Carson. So there's no question that over a six-game run as the commander starting quarterback uh, prior to suffering what was a fractured right ring finger in a win uh, at Chicago on Thursday night football in October, his overall body of work had not been good. But uh, the commander's offense at the time was a lot different than what the offense has become. This really has become a run-heavy, run-first offense. You know, it's, it's antiquated in a lot of ways. There's no doubt about that. But the team in taking that offensive approach has at least had more success in terms of wins. I mean, they're not lighting up scoreboards, but at least the team has been winning more since going to that approach. Well, that approach was not being employed when Carson was the quarterback. The team's pass protection this season has completely fallen off a cliff. So you had this like pass-heavy offense with bad pass protection and a quarterback in Carson Wentz who was notorious for holding on to balls for too long. And so it was a bad recipe over those first six games. I think the commanders, A, are looking for a jolt, a quarterback, a spark, whatever you want to say. But also, I think the commanders want to see what Carson looks like uh, in this new way with the offense. Because the commanders have a decision to make on Carson after this season. Now, there's no more guaranteed money left on his contract. Uh, but he is still under contract for multiple seasons to come. You also could cut him but try to try to re-sign him at a lesser price. The point is, do you want to still be in the Carson Wentz business beyond this season, or is he going to be one and done with the team? I think the team would like to see more of the uh, Carson Wentz movie before moving on from him. I also would say this too, while he over those first six games wasn't great overall, he wasn't good overall, there were some games, there were some stretches in games in which he did do well. Uh, the week one win over Jacksonville, he played well. The second half of the week two loss at Detroit, he played well. 
Uh, there was a week five loss to Tennessee in which he threw a killer late game pick, but he overall in that game played well. So it's not like he was just, you know, atrocious with every snap over those first six games. So I think what the commanders are hoping for is, you know, Carson's a high variance quarterback. If you can get the good Carson Wentz over these final two regular season games, uh, then, you know, that might be good enough to make the playoffs. You know, the commanders technically could actually clinch a playoff spot this Sunday with a win and some help. So it may be that all you need is one good game from Carson uh, and you make the postseason. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, kind of tying it back to Cleveland, they passed on Carson, traded out of that pick back in 2016. He's been one of the more divisive figures across years of uh, Brown's social media discussions for a long time. So it's always interesting when they get back with now a 30 year old Carson Wentz, which is which is amazing. So when Wentz is getting, you know, uh, some 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 help from the skill positions this weekend, it's a two headed monster running back. Uh, Robinson and Gibson and then I would say as far as 11 personnel three wide receivers goes it's as good as it gets I mean I think you can attest to Jahan Dotson really coming along with Terry McLaurin obviously Curtis Samuel Um, talk talk about that group talk about tight ends are they incorporating 12 personnel 11 when they go 11 who's the tight end on the field just give us a feel for skill guys well, you see a lot of tight ends on the field, but you will not see those tight ends catch passes. Uh, the commanders have had a glaring lack of pass catching production from tight ends this season. The, the TE1 is Logan Thomas. John Bates is the TE2. Um, but they're just not catching many balls this year. And it's, it's a funny deal because one of the things that was said so much about Carson in the offseason was the frequency with which he in his career has thrown to tight ends. Well, Carson hasn't played a ton this season, but even when he has played, Tight ends haven't been that much of a factor. Some of that is Logan coming off a torn ACL. But whatever the case, you'll see tight ends on the field. At times, you'll see two. But, uh, you, you know, you don't have to worry too much about them as pass-catching threats this year. What the commanders do have this season is what is Washington's best top three at receiver in years, uh, at least since 2016 when the team had Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, and Jamison Crowder, and maybe since the glory days of the Redskins uh, with what was known as the posse, Art Monk, Gary Clark, and Ricky Sanders. Uh, What you have in Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dodson are three guys who can run, three guys who run very good routes, and three guys who make plays, and all three guys have made plays uh, to varying extents this season. So that has been arguably, well, that has been the biggest positive on offense this season. You know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily the biggest positive on the team. The defensive line has been the biggest positive on the team, but Terry, Curtis, and Jahan have all lived up to the hype in various ways. I mean, Terry, I think, is one of the most underrated guys in the NFL. Curtis, off an injury-ruined 2021 season with Washington, has stayed healthy this season and has been good as both a pass catcher and a ball carrier. He, he was a combo receiver running back at Ohio State. And then Jahan, you know, a lot of people thought that he was overdrafted when the commanders took him where they took him in the first round of the 2020 draft. But yeah. yeah, he's been good. He has caught a lot of touchdowns for this team. And I don't think that the commanders made a mistake in taking them. Now, I know other rookie receivers are doing well, too. But, I mean, John has done well as well. So, you know, that's part of this quarterback change as well. The team has this very good top three at receiver. And yet the passing offense has not been good this season. And so there's a feeling of, hey, like, we need to get more out of our passing offense. The defense is good enough to where the commanders don't have to score like 35 points a game to win, but you know, you got to be say in the low to mid twenties and even getting to that level uh, has been a problem this year. Hey guys telling you again about the 
fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus. Right, get a hundred dollars in free bets. Just have to download the Fanduel's top-rated sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays, just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app, Ohio. It's your chance to get in on the action. Join today again. Promo code OBR. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer: twenty-one and older. Got to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The core part of Browns fans very familiar with Terry and Curtis from their Ohio State runs, and then obviously Jahan, a Penn State guy, a lot of connections over this way. And um, you, know, you talk about offense, we could we could spend a little more time there, but I think you've covered it pretty well. Um, defense is what I'm most interested in. It seems like it's a it's a really dangerous group, uh, obviously led by that defensive line. Talk to me about that defensive line collectively. I know you're getting uh, another again Ohio State connection. You're getting Chase Young back finally healthy. But the interesting name, there's, I mean, there's a lot of interesting names up front. The one I think Browns fans are curious about, largely because he's, he's potentially going to hit the free agent market, is Dayron Payne. So talk to us about that. And is, is Payne going to be a long-term part of this group? 
Well, most of us would like for that to be the case. I don't know if that will be the case. It was kind of an odd deal. Uh, Washington this past offseason did not talk contract extension with Duran Payne and sort of said, hey, you've been kind of an inconsistent guy. Let's see what you do this season, and then we'll figure out what to do with you. Well, uh, Duran is having, you know, the contract season to end all contract seasons. I mean, he's been outstanding. He really has put it all together. So, you know, I think the commanders may have to be in the un, in, uh, the unenviable position of having to franchise tag Duran if they want to keep him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the defensive line has been the strength with the two interior defensive linemen, Jonathan Allen and Duran Payne. Edge defender Montez Sweat has had a really good year. And Chase Young, off having not played for 13-plus months due to a ravaged right knee that was suffered in a win over Tampa Bay at FedEx Field all the way back on November 14th, 2021, finally made his season debut in the Commander's last game, the 37-20 loss at San Francisco on Christmas Eve. And Chase was really good. He was the team's highest-graded player for the game for Pro Football Focus at 87.4. And I think a lot of people were taken uh, aback by that just because Chase had been out for so long. There was a lot of concern about why he was out for so long and exactly how damaged was his right knee. But it may well be that Chase and the team, the doctors, played this right. And the ultra-conservative approach with him not playing for so long was, in fact, the right approach. Chase looked really good uh, this past Saturday at the 49ers. So you have that. The defense uh, has been without some key guys in the secondary lately. Uh, corner Benjamin St. Juice, who has been arguably the team's best corner, finally came back from a uh, three-game absence caused by an ankle injury in the game at San Francisco. The other thing is this, and if I'm a Browns fan, this is what I'm monitoring, maybe more than anything. Uh, safety Cam Curl did not play in the game at the Niners due to an ankle injury, and he has been such a key piece to this defense. The defensive turnaround for the Commanders really started with Cam's season debut in Week 3, and it's not a coincidence that the team gave up a season worth 37 points on Saturday with Cam being inactive due to an ankle injury. So his availability for this game against the Browns is key. You know, Cam Curl isn't like the first name that comes to mind across the NFL when you think about the commander's defense, but he's a really key piece of the defense, and uh, the defense struggled without him this past Saturday. Yeah, to talk a little bit more about that secondary. Kendall Fuller, um, you know, some of those names. It's, it's amazing to me that they went 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 with Jamin Davis there. Like, it was just invest in the defense like crazy. Has that paid off? Do you think it's been worth it? Have they neglected other spots? potentially the secondary, you know, because you look at the secondary and it's not, like you said, Cam Curl, not the most well-known group, but are they, are they holding their own collectively as the front or does the front play so well normally that it gives them an opportunity to play shorter spurts in the secondary? Well, the multiple first round picks invested in the defense had not paid off really until this year. Now, I think this season is kind of reshaping that conversation. But yeah, I mean, from 2017 through 2021, Washington spent a first round pick on a defensive player in each of those NFL drafts. And from 2017 through 2020, Washington spent a first round pick on a front seven on a defensive lineman in each of those drafts. So there was a lot of that happening. And just the overall production from the defense wasn't good. And, you know, I, I think there's a larger conversation of in today's NFL I think it's hard to have a great defense. Like, I think you win with offense. I think the days of winning with, like, a dominant defense are maybe not done. But, boy, have they been lessened by the way that the NFL uh, is done these days. Well, this season, the defense has been good. You know, and, and with the secondary, what's, what's 
encouraging from a commander standpoint is, okay, you have this defensive line that is uh, built upon all of these first round picks in John Allen and Deron Payne and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. The secondary is good, but the secondary features a bunch of day two, day three picks. Benjamin St. Juice, third round pick in 2021. Cam Curl, seventh round pick in 2020. Uh, Derek Forrest, who has been a really pleasant surprise this year, fifth round pick in 2021. So, you know, one of the things that I know I'm excited about with Ron Rivera, he's the head coach in what has been deemed a coach-centric approach. So he's not just the head coach, he presides over player personnel. He's gotten some big acquisitions wrong. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of like finding some diamonds in the rough, he and his crew have actually displayed a penchant for doing that, for hitting on day two, day three draft picks, uh, for hitting on waiver wire claims. Uh, They have an interior defensive lineman, John Ridgway, who the team claimed off waivers from the Dallas Cowboys earlier this year, uh, for hitting on lower level free agents. Uh, Bobby McCain has given them solid play at safety and nickel corner these last two seasons as a bargain basement pickup in the 2021 offseason. So it's um, each section is kind of taking a different approach. Defensive line, first round picks, secondary, more, you know, bargain buys. But uh, each unit overall has had a good season. So so we'll close with this. You f- you feel good about where things are going. I know there's been some early bid reports, something like $7 billion sale of the franchise. That's, uh, that's certainly going to entice some people to uh, ultimately sell. So is it really just hinging on the sale of the franchise as far as like the future outlook? Do you feel good about Rivera and his crew sticking around another year or so? Uh, I feel better, yes. I mean, there are two things that have really hurt this team for decades, ownership and quarterback. And until those two things get fixed, it's going to be hard for Washington to ever have sustained success. It sounds like the ownership thing is in the process of being fixed. Now, until Dan actually sells the team, you can't plant the flag of victory, but it sure feels like we're headed in that direction. So that is a massive Uh, albatross to remove from our shoulders as commanders fans if in fact that's changing the quarterback thing is something that still needs to be fixed uh but you know there's not of course a clear path to that so you know until that gets truly addressed and this team has a franchise quarterback for the first time in decades I think it's going to be tough for this team uh to be you know anything more than like a five six seven seed for this team to be anything more than a team that you know maybe sneaks into the playoffs one year but then is out of the playoffs the next year so that's really the next big hill to climb assuming that this ownership thing gets taken care of but yeah I mean Ron and his crew have done a good job with the defense there are good skill position players on this team like I said the offensive line has fallen off this season so that's a worry spot that needs to be addressed this coming off season, but you know, every NFL team every year has things that don't go well that need to be addressed in the ensuing off season. So the two bigger picture things are ownership and quarterback. Those are two massive things, obviously. And if the commanders are in the midst of fixing the ownership thing, then it really becomes all about quarterback. And if this team can ever get its hands on a franchise quarterback who the team holds on to, because remember the, the Washington did have Kirk cousins, but uh, that situation blew up. Um, then I think this team could be good. But, you know, that's a big if, getting that quarterback situation figured out. Yeah, a lot of echoed sentiments between the two franchises yeah. <laughs> with with, <laughs> with this stuff. The Browns are hoping they figured one part of that element out, but there's another part looming. So, listen, we don't run into the commanders often. It's nice when we do to catch up on both sides of things. Al runs a great podcast over there, Blue Wire, uh, the same way we try to do here. And anytime we can link up, it's always great. Al, we appreciate your time and insights, man, and uh, hopefully you enjoy this weekend. Yeah, you do, uh, you do the same, and thank you for having me. 
Thanks for being here, guys, on this uh, Friday, beautiful Friday. Hopefully you're getting out and spending some time in the outdoors if you're in Ohio because the weather has turned decent uh, for a change here in December, and it should be decent weather over in uh, Washington for this game. So we'll cover that with Brad Ward in the coming episode over the weekend, your game day preview. Might have one more pod as well. We'll see if time permits and schedules align. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks to Al again for coming on the show. Make sure to, to subscribe to his show if you're interested in other teams' content. Uh, he does a fantastic job, a part of the Blue Wire Network. So again, guys, take advantage of that OBR promo code at FanDuel. You're running out of time. We'll have your parlay of the week coming up this weekend to get ready for that contest because, as you know, you'll be able to get your first Ohio gambling bet in on the Cleveland Browns uh, for the for the Sunday 1-1, 1 p.m. kickoff. So it's all here. You can hear me. Talk about something else soon, but nonetheless, take advantage of the opportunity you have with FanDuel. Thanks for supporting the OBR, as you guys always do, and stopping by this podcast. Excited to share the the end-of-the-year download numbers with you guys who are loyal listeners. Appreciate you. Have a great Friday, and go Browns.